This week, I chat to Shane Klosser, an expert in strategy and digital technology in financial services. Shane shares some home truths about how we use digital technology to engage with our customers and why we might need to go back to basics. Welcome to episode 194 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. I'm Roger Edwards, a marketing guy and keynote speaker from Edinburgh. Talk to me if you want to cut the BS and the complexity from your marketing strategy. Hey folks, and welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Thanks, as always, for downloading or streaming the show. I really do appreciate you taking the time to plugging me and my guests into your earphones. Now, there's a lot of BS talked about digital technology and financial services. We're always hearing buzzwords like AI and AR and fintech. This week's guest, Shane Klosser, who is a US expert in digital technology and financial services, cuts through the BS and gives us some home truths about digital technology and how we should be using it to engage our customers. So let's get straight into that interview with Shane right here on the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Shane, welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Glad to be here. Thank you, Roger. Shane, where are we Zooming each other from? I suspect you're quite a long way away from me today. Uh, Over the pond from you. So I'm over here in San Jose, California. Must be at least 6,000 miles and eight hours difference between the two of us. So it's very early morning for you and it's uh, mid-afternoon for me. Thanks very much for coming on the show, Shane. You're an expert in financial services, high tech and retail. And we've had a conversation already in the green room about strategy in financial services and especially putting together strategies in the digital age and and, and maybe not forgetting about who the ultimate customer is and what the ultimate customer's needs are. But before we get into that conversation, Shane, tell me a little bit about your background, where you came from, where you're going, and basically what makes Shane Klosser tick? Yeah, I'm glad to. Um, So throughout my career, I've kind of had this dual role between, you know, usually the CTO and the CMO. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've progressed, you know, through that. I came from Accenture. You know, I was in the interactive Accenture Interactive, which is now the largest you know agency in the world. Um, that really happened within just a few years. Being in San Jose, you can imagine all of the big firms that I've worked with. You can search it, search it like it, um, <laughs> those kinds of things without naming names. But um, and that brought me to Yaxt. Uh, a lot of the things that that we were doing. Now, as the general manager and sitting inside the product and strategy organization within Yax, really focusing on financial services, um, you know, we have a, a very exciting time. So I'm um, glad to be here. And what, uh, what, just give me a little bit of background about what Yext is, because I think quite a few of the people listening to the Marketing Finance Podcast, especially my UK listeners, probably haven't heard of the company. Yeah, Yext is a digital knowledge management platform. Mm-hmm. And so when we look at digital knowledge, it's all of the questions that people have about your brand. So in financial services, we could break it down by um, starting with location. So uh, we've seen Google just published a report that said uh, near me searches have increased, you know, 550% just in the last uh, few months. And so the other thing could be around a financial advisor, an insurance agent, a mortgage loan officer. So people are looking at, you know, where are they? What kind of products do they cover? And so well, the, the other thing that's kind of interesting that's happening is you know, people have 
are getting a lot of these leads from referrals, but then they're going online or online is now becoming that first touch point with the client. Mm -hmm. And so if, if you were just to go into Google right now and just, you know, a, a simple commercial example is just, you know, find a coffee place near me. Yeah. Um, you can see it's not the 10 blue links that we see in the past, but you know, you'll see a picture, you'll see a map, you'll see, you know, address information, you could click one click to, to call them. And so we are managing all that digital knowledge across search, you know, um, different driving, you know, apps out there. Uh, now voice. So we came out with something with uh, Alexa just six, about six weeks ago. Um, so we're really excited about, uh, you know, now being able to also power voice as well as these, you know, visual experiences that we've all interacted with. So that, that's what Yex manages that complete, you know, online presence around those. And of course, throughout your career, Shane, you've been very heavy into strategy. And I'm a big advocate of strategy as well. And one of the reasons that I'm a big advocate of strategy is because I think that a lot of the time, especially in the financial services industry in the United Kingdom, and, and maybe you'll tell me it's the same in the United States, we seem to have maybe forgotten a little bit about what strategy is. And I do wonder whether digital developments are part of the reason why we've done that. And maybe it's quite exciting to think, oh, somebody's just um, created a voice app or we want to use Alexa or we want to we want to use the latest digital app or we want to use the latest social media platform to communicate with our customers. And maybe that's quite exciting and people want to dive into that technology and start using it to communicate but the problem is, is that a lot of companies haven't done the basic strategy work to say, well, who is the customer in the first place? What is the customer's problem? And how does our product and service solve their problem? They're just diving straight into the communication. And I think that's causing problems. Is is that the sort of thing you're finding as well across the pond? No, absolutely. And in, in globally, we... we we see that, um, you know, whether it's Latin America, North America, Europe, is that the processes that marketers have used, you know, for the last 10 years have not changed despite their customer changing, demographics changing, mm -hmm. uh, channel shift changing, you know, voice is supposed to be, you know, 50% of all demand by 2020. Um, and so, you know, as marketers, we, we've, you know, become comfortable in thinking through the world as campaigns. Mm -hmm. Um, and even these campaigns, uh, you know, they, a lot of times they're more linear in nature or they're using a single channel versus really being able to learn about the customer and um, engage the customer and the choice of media that they prefer. So um, the other thing that you'll hear quite a bit is there's over 80%, you know, of every marketing dollar. So just that's going to waste and it's going to waste for several different reasons. One is there's lots of different agencies that, you know, start to take their cut of that marketing dollar. And two, um, we're just not hitting the clients the right place, the right time with the right message. Um, now, I'm not saying that, you know, the, that's that dollar, that 20% of the dollar is still driving, you know, one third percent of the overall kind of net new clients and driving a lot of business and driving good results compared to, you know, sales channels and other channels. But it means that we should be thinking through how we can be more efficient as marketers because there's a lot of room to grow. Yeah, I think this is the same sort of thing that I'm finding in the United Kingdom with with some of the people that I'm talking about as well. And I think that we probably need to go back to basics and you know maybe maybe ignore digital technology for a moment maybe ignore traditional marketing techniques and just go back to 
working out who is the customer and what's their problem and, and, and starting to develop a product that meets their needs. And then once we know that, then we can start to layer on top of it the means of communication. I think one of the problems I find today is that the desire is to immediately communicate. And the problem is if you want to communicate, but you haven't got anything to communicate, it just, as you say, it leads to that wasted dollar, that wasted pound. So do we really need to go back to basics? Are marketing people trying to run before they can walk? It's interesting. So I agree with you first. If you would talk actually to a lot of the Silicon Valley clients, um, you know, the big brand names, one that are disrupting and just eating everybody's lunch right now, um, you know, we have a saying and it's be brilliant at the basics, Mm -hmm. to your point. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you think about what being brilliant at the basics is, it's, it's, it's not having tons of technology. That's not the solve. The solve is, to your point, really starting to kind of understand who your customer is and what are those different permutations. And so we've all, you know, we've all talked about personas as marketers. But I I think if you're a good marketer, you you often hear this concept of being a data-driven marketer, which just means you know you have this immense you know data, and and it's all about developing first-party data. Um, these days versus mm. relying on third-party data, um, which means just buying these lists. I see a lot of companies that are outperforming others doing is starting to get a feel for what are these, you know, what are these traits of individuals that are my key buyers? So first of all, I think it starts with um, doing two things. Like it's that 2080 rule. What are the 20% of customers that are driving 80% of your revenue, make sure you really understand them. Um, two is, you know, it's, you could just take a retail setting or a financial services. Both of those sectors have some of the most rich behavioral data um, and also transactional data. Mm-hmm. And those are really great places to start because if you would talk with most, most banks, and I don't care where they are, they will tell you they probably do a pretty good job at acquiring new customers, but they're doing a horrible job at making sure that they're capturing total wallet share, right? Yeah. So if I if I have a retail client that has a checking and savings account, most likely I'm not getting their mortgage. I would typically see even organizations that have, you know, one out of two, one out of three households um, might only have, uh, you know, 5% of the population that is their client that they've been able to upsell and groups aren't talking amongst each other. That's one reason for sure. Um, they're not looking at a lot of that information. They, they don't really understand what the journey is of that customer. Like, um, you know, they're thinking through a lot of those life needs and, you know, people get married, they have kids, they get divorces, they, you know, inherit a large amount of wealth, um, each of those start to create these macro experiences um, that are really important for these moments that matter that you want to intersect with. And then the second point I would make on this is the competitive analysis is Mm. how are you racking and stacking, not at a national level, but at a hyper local level, because that's where I see the big opportunity is just, you know, being local and being relevant and developing that brand in, in the marketplace. And it is taking a lot of those events with the kind of digital stuff to kind of figure out that right that right mix to engage those those local clients. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, I've worked in an outer financial services for 25 years. And, and, and one of the things that I see about process development about product development is maybe there's this desire just to electrify or 
digifying, what's the word, make digital the process that already exists. Now, I'll give you an example. When I first started in the um, financial services industry in the UK, one of the first companies that I was working for is effectively selling life insurance. And I remember at the time we used to have rate books. Do you remember rate books where we used to actually have a look up the age of the person and the term that they were going to be covered for and there'd be a factor and then we'd have to get a calculator out and multiply it by the amount they wanted to be covered for, add a policy fee and then get the typist to type up a quote and the quote would be sent to the customer by post, by snail mail and if they wanted to apply for it, they applied on a piece of paper, an application form. Somebody would then have to type that into the mainframe computer and eventually a policy would be generated by the computer, et cetera, et cetera. And now, 25 years later, we've got all this great technology. We can do things differently. But actually, if you if you pull away the, the much sexier looking front end, what's going on down below is probably very, very similar. We've just made the process a little bit slicker. Nobody's actually said, well, actually, is that whole product, is that whole process should we just throw it away and come up with something completely new? And the life insurance example is quite interesting because that product hasn't really changed. And the vast majority of people don't want to buy it. They don't feel they need it or they don't want to talk about dying or anything like that. Is 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 there a way that we can start to think about who could be the who, who's who's doing the Uber thing within financial services? Who's going to be the Airbnb? Do we really need that sort of disruption? But like even the role of humans in marketing is changing mm. these days, which is kind of freaky to think about it. And so, so there's there's this great saying that I heard, um, and then we kind of talk about this for a second, but. Um, you know, and that saying is, look, our financial professionals going to be placed, be replaced by AI um, and robots. And, and, you know, my answer is no. Uh, and every research that I've done, um, people, when they are making important decisions, they're they're looking to talk to experts and um, and they're, they're not going to trust machines. But what what you will say is you financial professionals that are using technology will replace other financial professionals that are not. Yeah. Right. So, so the people using AI are definitely going to put the others that aren't out of business. And so that's interesting. Right. And so now the reason that's interesting is because we start thinking about things differently. Like what is the role of the human? What is the role of AI? What is the role of a bot? Um, and you know, that's the start of this journey. Like what should we be doing and what should we do? And, and as marketers, we have more things that we need to care about today, right? Like, mm-hmm. let's just break it down. We've got connected cars. We've got connected homes. So what that means is I can use a voice interface to talk in these things now. I, I have less time as a buyer than I've ever had. Uh, everybody's talking about millennials. Millennials are more digitally savvy. Um, you know, they're doing more online in that customer journey than they ever have before, doing a lot more research. So when they pick up that phone to make the call, they already know who they want to do business with. And they've just got some questions they want to answer as long as you don't you mess that up and you have a good online presence in your views, you generally win that business. Um, and so all of these factors are, are changing. Um, and, you know, when I said that people haven't changed the process, like each of these things that I've just described require you to take a look at the process and, and start to reimagine what, you know, that experience for the customer could look like. Um, 
for instance, how do you leverage the AI that's happening within, you know, say Siri or Alexa or, you know, Cortana for Microsoft? You know, they're doing all of these changes that change. You know, I think I heard that Google changes their algorithm 4,000 times a year. Mm. Uh, and so, um, and it's become very sophisticated with all these answers that I could find. So you, know, you can see, you know, featured snippets and structured answers and you don't see blink, uh, 10 blue links anymore. But um, how do you start to leverage these interfaces, these you know local market uh, concepts to really drive your business? Um, having that physical presence plus that online presence, like people are in a really good position. So traditional banks are actually, they're set up to really take advantage of a lot of these things in the market if they can just keep a pulse on it and evolve and kind of adapt to some of these these new concepts. The adaption has been a little bit hard for um, some of the bigger guys. So. I guess a long time ago, um, there was a bank on every high street. There was a there was a bank for each of the banking brands on every high street, and it, and it was quite a local business. Then we went through, I would guess, the first uh, change within financial services where a lot of customer service was off offloaded to offshore call centers and that sort of thing. The first wave of the internet automated some of the processes and a lot of the banks started to close branches. And, and that's still happening now. Quite a lot of smaller branches within small towns are still closing. But is, is digital going to almost reactivate the local presence? Are we actually going to see companies like banks opening up again in local areas purely to tap into the fact that all these search facilities google alexa etc are going to start pointing people to local targets i do but i think it'll be different Mm. and so um i can share with you some of the trends that we've seen actually happening in europe and starting to come over into the u.s and so so one in europe you know uh, the adoption of technology has gotten quite high where you have seen a lot of those branches disappear. Um, but, you know, what's interesting is they're starting to make, um, you know, a new foothold. So what you're starting to see is, um, you know, a lot of ATMs or smart kiosks. We're seeing micro branches, which, you know, they are more specialized in nature. They're not as large. They don't necessarily have kind of all the tellers that they used to, but they're they're focused on those like three areas inside of a branch. So mortgage, you know, financial advising and business banking. And so the, uh, we're seeing trends in like, um, you know, with some where they're starting to create more lifestyle branches, which means I can go there and I can get coffee and I can actually order from the menu. So, um, which is super fascinating. Like yeah. capital one is a great example of that, um, with their cafe concept. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, people are going in just to kind of get a break, to get some high internet and, you know, get some great food. So it's a product that we created for, you know, uh, for restaurants is actually taking hold in financial services. Mm. Like it wasn't by design, but it's very fortuitous where we can manage menus and all these digital properties and, you know, voice and all these online searches, as well as the locations and financial professionals, products and all these other things that are relevant to us. So, so yeah, I absolutely do think that, you know, physical and local is is one of the core differentiators for a lot of these log, larger organizations to take back that market share that, um, quite frankly, has has gone away. And, and people are looking to have that physical touch, but in an efficient manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so um, but we have to look at, you know, it's looking really at that 
that journey, that physical and digital journey and how we can optimize that to provide convenience and, and value to clients, um, which, you know, surprisingly enough, I just, you know, it's not something I see, see a lot of people talking about it. I see very few starting to rally around change. And, you know, sometimes they buy a new technology platform here and there, but, you know, really thinking about how technology can prove that end to end journey of a client, not just the acquisition, like, you know, um, there's, we're so siloed as marketers, you know, performance marketers, brand marketers, you know, regional marketers, corporate market versus the branch in the field. And so I think there's just a lot of gaps and there's um, a lot of airspace between these groups that, that we really need to question and take a look at and, you know, try to do things in a more efficient way to your, to your point and using strategy to drive what you focus on first. So. Yeah, I think that we've we've never been very good at engaging the customer in financial services, certainly in the United Kingdom. And hey, I've worked in marketing departments. I've been very senior in marketing departments in the United Kingdom financial services industry. And it is very difficult to engage with the customer, especially if you are talking about something like life insurance or health insurance or critical illness cover or something like that. But even investments and pensions is quite a dry subject. You, you can, you can um, liven it up a bit by talking about, well, retire early and go and spend your life in Barbados or the Philippines or whatever it might be. You can create that aspiration. But financial services always does seem to be an industry that's struggled to engage the customer. Do you think that digital will give us that ability to just to finally start to have meaningful conversations? Are all, are all, or are all those old problems of, well, I don't want to talk about death. I don't want to talk about retirement. I don't want to talk about m money. Are those just always going to get in the way? Um, yeah, I mean, I think the things I've always heard um, being barriers of entry or barriers of change is, you know, the compliance side in financial services, which is a very real thing. The challenge, I, at least I've seen to change, uh, yes, it's kind of that, um, but it, it's really, you know, I've seen, I've been through the kind of 102030 projects in financial services um, for a long time, you know, working with a lot of leading brands out there. And, and it's really around organizational change, marketing departments to get them together and think about that customer experience in a new way. So it's reaching out to your business partner. It's reaching out to your compliance officer. It's getting the technical team and the marketing team in the same room, but starting to look at it as far as, all right, we have a new prospect. Like here's the Here's the hand raise, right? Here's the digital action that that happened. Um, how do we think about them, and how do we resolve some of these inefficiencies that we have in our own processes? For example, um, you know, one, it's mapping out that client experience, but then the problem a lot of times comes internal process to be able to fulfill that client need. So. We even look at like mortgage, just to pick on mortgage for a second. Um, you know, we've gone from these like 55 day closes. Now kind of the new norm is to be able to try to get to 35, mm -hmm. but um, based on a regulation, I should be able to get to nine days. Um, but very few organizations can be that efficient because it has to go through so many different um, steps in internal groups. And so that's that's a great example of the customer experience or your brand being in a summation of people's experience with you. Um, it's not it's not just doing something new in marketing. It's it's actually getting all these groups to kind of collaborate and prioritize 
to your point around strategy, why this is the most you know effective thing for us to do to, to, to get margin back and get rid of some of these manual processes so that we can be more um, responsive to clients. And uh, last night I was talking with my wife because we were looking at getting um, some insurance for our house and, you know, being in San Jose, we're in an earthquake zone and we didn't have earthquake coverage. And so we reached out to the place that, you know, we uh, have locally, but they didn't, you know, they were closed for the day. And so we found somebody who was open that, you know, we've known that a friend used and we got somebody on that took our call right away. And guess what? We switched. Yeah. Right. So we, we went right to them because they provided convenience because they provided, you know, I have a busy life. I don't, back to back meetings the next day. I don't have time. A lot of these organizations that can think through, you know, how do I engage a customer around them versus myself? And, you know, I think one of the cooler things in marketing is we're finally going away from a lot of the product mentalities that you were talking to, to the customer yes. right? and, and starting to think about their value chain. And that's creating new products and services that we're starting to offer in financial services are is a good thing. So it's the Amazon effect, right? So, so I see a lot of good things happening. It's just, um, you know, sometimes it takes the right leadership and it tight, takes the right collaboration and the right way to measure success, which you know, that measuring success is usually why organizations don't work collaboratively together. Surprisingly enough, uh, they're focused on the wrong things and incentivized on the wrong things. So but it leaves you with some some different uh, topics. So You mentioned that you'd just been uh, speaking in Las Vegas, and obviously you do quite a lot of speaking. So you're talking to customers all the time. You're talking to organizations. What would you say was the one thing you'd like the listeners of the Marketing and Finance podcast to take about, take away from all the experience you've had dealing with strategy and technology and financial services? Yeah, I mean, I would leave everybody with, you know, the basics to get back to kind of our earlier theme. Um, you know, it's a crawl, walk, run activity. And I would start to map out, like, here are the things that we can do to start, yes, driving a higher kind of uh, bottom line. Um, how do we drive, you know, revenue and all of those different activities and use that to prioritize, you know, the, maybe come up with like 36 different projects um, and then start to look at, all right, out of these different projects, which now I know to have a, a view of what the kind of higher ROIs, um, start to focus on, you know, the things that are going to give you immediate value and give you some of those quick wins and start to attack some of those things that are going to be more foundational It'd take a little bit more time, but you do them in smaller sprints. I would say really take a look at, you know, the investments that you're making around web and some of these other things, because we're seeing such channel shift. So voice is supposed to be 20% of demand based on comms for Gardner by 2020. Um, you know, you're now seeing voice built into new cars and it's, you know, getting built into um, new homes that um, are, are getting designed. And we've seen foundationally the adoption of voice. Uh, it's not it's not like an app. It's not like a visual interface. Like people pick it up in five minutes, even when they haven't used it before. We do expect that to kind of hit really, really quickly. Um, so just make sure if you're making these these larger investments that you're really looking at it through the lens of where the market will be, not where it is today. Otherwise, uh, you, you won't get the ROI that, that you had hoped for. Um, so smaller programs, breaking up a lot of these larger programs into kind of smaller sprints, really focusing on local, I would emphasize. Uh, there's lots of reasons that why that's going to be more and more important. 
So go out there and just make sure that you're, you know, leveraging your digital knowledge and you're thinking about all of the questions people have around about your brand. That's a really great starting point and try to create that like one click, two click experience from Google to that conversion. So how do we remove friction? That's really good advice, Shane. Thanks for that. As we wind down the interview now, there's a couple of questions I always like to ask my guests. And the first one is thinking about marketing. Is there a marketing campaign? And it doesn't have to be a financial services one. It could be anything, donuts, hamburgers, whatever it is. Is there a marketing campaign that's really caught your attention recently? And if so, tell me what it was and what you liked about it. Uh, One was um, progressive insurance. Um, So if you search for future sun and you look at the progressive insurance commercial, um, it's really funny because it's kind of a parody on, you know, raising a child these days with technology. And as a parent, it's really tapping on uh, kind of a sensitive topic, but making fun of it. And, but it, it starts to just kind of expose where your brand can be in all these places that, you know, financial services firms aren't thinking about virtual reality and video games and, yeah other different kinds of concepts and using humor and and understanding and empathizing with clients like um and you know kind of having a funny brand voice like oh man they i just thought they really really hit it out of the park so um that that would be the one i would i would call out i do have i do have a I do like quirky brands, I have to say, and there aren't that many of them in financial services, unfortunately. And Shane, tell me about a business book you've read recently that's really made you um, sit up and think. You know, I'm reading a lot around uh, kind of technology, but um, I think Unscaled is is a great book. Um, You know, Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Connie is another one. Mm -hmm. Uh, pitching thing um another great one and then you know if you're not thinking about ai these days like uh you should be um it's going to be one of the in in the us especially in silicon valley it's one of the fastest growing markets and job opportunities and so reading master algorithms the five tribes um is is just a great read um it's not too it's not too boring they up level it they kind of explain the five tribes of, you know, artificial intelligence and um, that that would be another great one to, to check out. Fantastic. Sean, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you this afternoon. Even though we're 6,000 miles apart, some of the issues that we face with strategy and marketing within financial services are pretty much exactly the same. And Tell me, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way that they should connect with you? Yeah, so you can go to Shane Foster on LinkedIn.com and connect with me. Um, I post a lot of articles out there, you know, research articles that we've done and also other things that I am seeing in the industry. Um, you can go to yaks.com and we have a blog there. So we're constantly writing around, you know, reviews and financial services, which is a very hot topic right now. Um, it's, you know, the new kind of referral. Um, so those are two really great places to find current information about me. And uh, yeah, look forward to connecting with you in some of those social channels. Great stuff. And I will include links to the website and your contact details in the show notes of the podcast, which you can find at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash M-A-F. That's rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash M-A-F. Shane, thanks for coming on the show. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you. I usually say it'd be nice to meet up for a coffee or a beer with you sometimes. Given that we're 6,000 miles apart, it might be a little bit difficult, but you never know. We might bump into each other at somewhere like a conference in Las Vegas before you know it. Let's get that beer. I look forward to that. 
Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a review. I'll catch you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep marketing your business to keep growing your business.